I pressed the blue button. Tim. Tim, we're, we're live. <laughs> ah, we got there. We, we got... Good God. We got there. And Everyone, nobody died. No uh, nobody, died. Almost nobody died. Uh, let's just immediately do this. Uh... Hello, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> Everything's fine, Tim. We're all right. I mean, it, it didn't help the fact I didn't send you the, the kind of the photographs till about, what, six minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, which means that things may or may not crash horribly when we run through them. I've gone through very quickly to check that everything's sort of... Because there's a bit of a slight aspect ratio difference between uh, default PowerPoint and what I put out to make sure it's 1920 by 1080. But it's fine. Everything should work. The most important thing happening right now is that Mr. Tim Dunn is opening wine. Uh, I didn't. I was going to get myself a whiskey. In fact, I was going to close the book. Just a sec, everyone. Dina, darling. She'll be listening. To, she'll be watching things already. It's fine. It just means that the the, the recording studio, by which I mean our activity room uh, door, is I mean, open. I've seen your I've, I've seen your recording studio. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's chaos, mean, isn't it, it? It is your back bedroom. Um, it is. But then, so is this really? This is the study, supposedly. Oh, you're in the study today. Normally, you're in the um, in the living room, aren't you? The previous two, you're in the living room. Yeah, this, this, this is where you normally come and crash out here, it and uh, you know, after drunken late nights out at uh, Red Awards and things. Yeah, no one knows about that. No one knows about that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and so, everyone, as you can see, Tim Dunn is here. Tim Dunn is Hello. here for the third time. Very, very good friend of the show. Tim is here. Um, in a slight, yeah, very badly we, lit. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I've I, badly lit. It goes both ways. I've got these two bright lights. In fact, one of them's fallen off the screen, which is quite funny. The blue tack's melted. Uh, I can actually attach that there. Don't worry about that, everyone. It's fine. The blue tack melted without me noticing. It's very Jerry rigged this situation. But I'm being bleached by uh, by too much light. In fact, maybe that's better if I just peel it on the back. Maybe it's better anyway. It's fallen off again. It's fine. Very professional outfit here. So, um, everyone, tonight we are talking. Let's go back to the the thing because Tim wants to kind of you know get on with it rather than all this chaos while we kind of let our heart rates descend a little bit we're here to talk about episode well not here to talk about series three of the architecture of the Railways, but really we're here to talk about all three series a bit but maybe focusing on a little bit on the third series because you've had th well as of monday next week there will have been 30 episodes of the architecture of the railways built oh yeah i mean wow um thank you everyone for turning up to this i really appreciate it, it it's, it's nice to have a sort of platform as to have a chat about it but i guess i just wanted to recap like where we've come from and, mm. and why we're here and, and how we got this far because I mean, a lot of it's down to you gareth you have helped out massively on the production of this uh, uh in, in a couple of past series as, as has several of my friends in fact loads of my friends and colleagues and from all over the industry have, have genuinely come together to help make this program um because i think about what so about four years ago i was getting riled about watching telly and just seeing the stuff about rail was was always negative or it was a bit facile and yeah. i say facile that's, that's probably not fair it, 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 it was it was it was not what i would call detailed information that explained things or into the real sort of the, the, the real passion people have for rail and those who work on it you have some observational stuff which is, which is quite interesting but nothing sort of treated it as a, as a a whole network and looked at the whole thing so i thought right no one else has done this so i'm gonna do it so so i, I just thought back to things that i love when i was a kid uh, the, the train now departing you know and it's yes. it, it a lovely program it would, it would just luxuriate in in the designs the buildings and the places and the people that made them happen and their stories and it was just these are people that cared and they love the railway and 
I know so many people watching this now love the railway. In fact, that's why we're here, right? Because we love the railway and we want to make it better and we want to, you know, see it, see it succeed and, and, and find our own ways of doing that. Um, so I thought, right, let's write this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I, so I posed it to a friend of a friend who, a friend who had a friend and she ran a production company and we met at St Pancras uh, in, in the booking office and we had a nice long lunch and it was great fun and I was very late for my meeting back uh, and I, I was very naughty of me because we had a drink at lunchtime and um, and, and, and they changed it around. My pitch was really about sort of different types of building. I thought, do you know what? We might get three or four programmes of documentary, mm-hmm. railway buildings, who loves them? And we came back, they changed the picture slightly. It was more sort of like a magazine programme that sort of looked at three or four per episode. And then they said, Tim, if you had maybe 30 buildings to go and look at, 10, 20, 30, where would you choose? So I was like, okay, here's my list. Oh, wait, I've got 400. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um and they came back and went uh, a few weeks later. Okay, great. Well, we've um, just got commissioned for, for ten episodes, ten hours of telly. Are you free in about two months' time? So I've got a full time job. Uh, and then Trainline, who I, I work for uh, as a travel editor, uh, at the time I was I was uh, sort of UK CRM sort of person. I looked after all the kind of. If you ever had an email from Trainline uh, a couple of years ago, or a text or a notification, chances are it's from my team. Uh, who really excel when it comes to uh, problems like snow and so on. They send out notifications. They really work really hard to get information of different talks and compile it now um, or inspire people to travel new places. But we kind of went, okay, let's go and do this. And Train 9, to their their huge strength, said, do you know what? This is about the railway. This is about our world. We need to let you go and do this because we can see this is something that that motivates you and, and those around us. So I went and spent what, about a month and a bit just, I mean, I say romping around the country. I mean, it was. It was that summer, right? It was the summer before yeah, lockdown. Glorious. No one knew lockdown was coming and nobody knew COVID. It was just this glorious, just, and I said, just, we, 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 we travelled the country and had a team over in, travelling by train, incidentally, yeah. uh, all over Europe, uh, Switzerland, and there's a bit of sort of Amsterdam, Rotterdam, of course, in the, in the first series. And, and we, and just stuff that was just like up there, things that I really wanted to go and do that, it's just like, things I'd never heard of. And I, I didn't know about Rotterdam Central Station. I didn't mm. know. I knew about the old version, but not a new version. But the team, because I, I told them to go and buy, <laughs> I bought some of them, uh, various textbooks uh, and various well-known tomes on railway architecture. And I've got probably a, a decent library of, you know, 60 or so books on railway architecture and engineering. I've got a master over the years. Um, but here, I was like, right, guys, here are the key ones. And they, they researched them, and they came up with stories I'd never heard of. And and to, to, to stand there in a room and see three researchers looking through books that I love and come back on a big board of post-it notes uh, underneath Camden Station, because in, in the archway, is it, uh, is it North Camden? What's the station near, uh, near Chalk Farm? Um, oh, I can't remember the time station. Um, these lovely arches. And uh, it's, it's great to listed. Oh, I should know this one. Um, someone will tell us in a minute. Uh, I can. More of the nerds will appear in the chat. Come on, chat. You're on. Please do. I'm, I'm, I'm not asked to. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I haven't got any notes with me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this kind of this. I'm doing. I'm flying solo today. Um, and uh, yeah. So, so, so it was just lovely. And kind of wow. You actually really care. And you're gonna. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. But then I, I, I didn't know how. I, I'll be honest. I think it's really good that program. I, I think the whole program's great. And not because I did it, but because the team on it are brilliant. And they, they, they dealt with it 
carefully and kindly and thoughtfully and researched it well and they put stuff past me and the NRM and the team we had it's just we checked stuff we just checked mm. stuff we made sure it was full of fact and the commissioners at, at UK TV uh, yesterday and she said I want those facts just don't 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 hold back just just go for it you know they all, I think that's it everyone got it I think, and we're going to actually start the show proper, everyone. This is just the intro. Yeah. This, this, we're just warming up. But I think what what's key is everyone involved in it got it. They got it. They got what you were trying to do. They got what the production team were trying to do. Cheers. I've I've got sparkling water. I didn't have time to get a whiskey, but uh, uh, they they everyone got it, and it shows because it is a beautifully crafted, beautifully crafted bit of television. Um, it's lovely. It is, and we're going to talk lots about it momentarily. But before we do that, um. It only well, there's there's no news. There's no. I'm not doing any preamble other than just going straight into the introduction, uh, into the intro video. So, uh, so Tim, what's Tim going to say over the top of the intro credits this this episode? That's the that's the that's the question which everyone in the chat. Signal boxes. <laughs> yes. So yes, Tim, we'll be back in uh, in 45 seconds. Everyone else, uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you after the intro credits. Welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. <laughs> Intercity 225 fades away. There it goes. Ah, oh. we get Tim's lovely face with some delightful clocks in the background that I believe you have um, digitally manipulated to your own devices. Actually, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so pleased with that. So we, we did all the. Oh. <laughs> Can I talk about this? Um, also, because I'm also watching this on delays. So I've, I've got two things on screen right now. I've got your YouTube channel on there, and I can see all the comments going down the side, mm. and my face, which is really weird. And on the other side, I've then got actually our faces. So it's, I'm, I'm a bit still all over the place. Right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this. Um, yeah. So we had a, we had a, a photo shoot, Charing Cross, for, for series three, and I suppose it, it, it's just because, and, and this is this is this is the series three promo we used, and the reason we use this is because. And I've got the kind of like knowing look on my face because I knew what I wanted to have done to this picture. <laughs> yeah. And I'm quite, I'm quite pleased with myself, as you can see in this picture. Um, but the reason is it's just a bit knowing because it was just fun because we knew at this point that we'd got an audience of, you know, over the last three series, we're getting, for UK TV, I mean, it's publicly available information, I think it's fair to say, you know, we're getting audiences in the first series, you know, if you consolidate it, you know, uh, you know Lies, you're getting you know, 250, 300,000 people an episode, and then you know that again over a couple of months mm. sometimes. Um, so you're looking at a very good numbers for episodes. And what, what it meant was, was that people were loving it, and they loved the detail, and people were enjoying the references, and people were enjoying the fact we were making nods to things and linking stuff together. And it's always that we know the audience has invested their time in it, and, and that means a lot to me because... I know that a lot of people, you know, an hour a week, and that's a that's a genuinely, that's a big commitment, and and that I, I believe you should always give people something back for that. Um, and that's we always do the very best you can in broadcasting, right? Because if if someone invests the time in you, you should give it back to them because they're they're, they're relying on you um, to give you something good, great. So um, we did this, and it was like twenty seventh of September, twenty twenty one, launching at eight o'clock, uh, mm-hmm. and on those NSA NSE clocks that I've always loved. Um, and it was, I think it was one of those those clocks that kind of actually made me think. Uh, Chris has got a, a, a Quantro, blimey. Um, oh, so, um, yeah, so I, 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 I think it, it's the clock that made me think, you know, 
our modern heritage is is sort of just starting to slip away if not careful mm, absolutely. um so and, and it's something you know as well that i'm i'm very i've been honored to be part of the railway heritage trusts advisory uh, panel uh very recently past a year or so um andy savage the, the current chief executive um uh, asked me to join it and so I, I kind of help out on that which is very interesting but is it uh, looking at you know what, what, what's important and what needs to get grants and, mm. and where should the money go to be invested and, and things like this are important to keep and, and make sure that they're just noted there is a risk there's always a risk uh, you and I feel well I know both of us feel very strongly about this but but recent history stuff and by recent history actually it's anything mm. kind of after the 60s recent history yeah. stuff uh often falls between the cracks and isn't and doesn't necessarily yeah. get the love because we perhaps you know, feel more fondly about things that feel further away, and and it, and it's and it's a real risk. Um, and so yeah, it's really good that you're on that. Um, I mean, I, I I've been lucky to live in modernist buildings for some of my life now. I, I lived in the Barbican for what seven years. I lived in Golden Lane Estate in the flat I had for what uh, two years. And and so I, I'm I'm you know I'm intensely aware of the, the problems that come with living in or having to work with uh, concrete buildings yes. and, and problems they have. But you know they they genuinely are fascinating. And places like Coventry Station are Again, some people will dismiss them and go, oh, I don't like that, yeah, because of the style. And I think one of the things that this programme does is say, do you know what? It doesn't matter about the style. The style is a, pref- is, is a way of just coating something quite often. Yeah. Um, the function of something is what's really important. And yeah, we have some lovely designs of things, but actually it's use to the system and its infrastructure is, is what's so key, really, in how people use it. So... You know, whether you like classical buildings, you like Tudor buildings, you like Italian buildings. Over there in the background is, is, is my dear boyfriend's um, PhD thesis, because he is now Dr. Dr. David. Mm. Um, so because he does Italian buildings, which covers lots of, of railway buildings. So, again, he fact checked uh, some of the detail. In some yeah, of the I was going to say a useful like fact checker. Uh, yeah. uh, um, it was, it was kind of fact checked. So, uh, so we sh- we should. Uh, I shall press. I shall press on, and we'll get bring up the nice. Uh, there's you for oh, series. Oh, look at that! Look how young I look. Three young, years ago. Young man, I know. Um, oh, it's worth just pointing out because I think this is nice. Tim Ballam says that um, his four-year-old daughter loves the program after she saw Tim sit on her favourite seat on the Linton and Barnstable Railway. Oh, what is it, is it the one in, in the middle? Is it the other facing the engine at the back, or the one in the middle? It's the open observation bit. <laughs> a third class observation car, lovely. Yeah. That's what you want, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. So yeah, the the architecture of the railways. But I suppose we've kind of talked. To, we've we've explained to people who are watching who might not know what the series is, what it is. I don't think anyone watching this, of all the however many hundred people watching this at this moment. I don't think any of them won't know what the series is. Quite a few of them have said, I, I live outside of the UK. How can I watch it? I know two countries where it's now available. Australia's yeah. one. And I think it's been picked up in in either Sweden or possibly the Netherlands. One of those two. Yeah, both. both. Um, oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, if I, I've got a list. I, I had to get out. I've got to listen. I've actually asked the team to notify me whenever it comes on because I, mm-hmm. I, I want a little video to welcome people to it every every time we do one. Because again, you'll see this program isn't about just the British Railway network and the architecture, right? Because architecture doesn't and railways don't stop at the Channel Tunnel. You know, this is about world influences. If you look at British railways, we have influenced obviously the rest of the world in some ways, but their designs and their mm-hmm. styles have massively influenced the buildings and the architectural style of, of, of the UK. You know, and, and, and we must never forget that. It's fascinating how different countries have influenced things. I mean, the Weems Bay episode, I, I, I'm going to describe... Um, I described the station actually as an architectural theme park. It's got Queen Anne, it's got you know, Japanese, it's got Chinese, it's got a bit of American influence. You know, it, it, it's got 
bit of Tudor. I mean, it is just remarkable. This building just amassed different styles, and that is great. And it's fun to unpick a building and yeah, go, yeah. that comes from I- there comes from there and look, look at this over here. It's like a safari, you know, look at this. I've just been to Japan. I wrote about Paddington uh, and I hadn't realised the extent to which Paddington, you know, you think of Paddington Station as one of the early kind of grand stations, but actually it, it borrowed from other railway stations. I think it borrowed from possibly Dresden State. It, you know, it was borrowing features. Paddington actually borrowed features from other stations that had already appeared. So, um, so yeah, we, we very much, there's all this, oh, that's more stuff falling. Don't worry about that. Um, it's all this kind of borrowing of different uh, features, which, which adds extra layers of fascination no i love it it's really good um uh it's all part of the fun so is there anything else you want to say while we have this nice picture of of uh, a mountain railway well can, can we start it off the first the first episode the first series right was a mm. bit like me it goes a bit, bit breakneck speed because i i speak to think which is a problem because it means that i end up talking very very quickly and people kind of go like what what was that what slow down mate and and <laughs> The, the, the program kind of had the energy, I suppose, the episode one, and it, we, we cut between stuff. And so, so, and they wanted to make, because I couldn't go everywhere, mm. I could only, again, because I can't have all the time off um, to go and do all of them. And, you know, we had to, I do the voiceover for all of it. I don't go to all locations, as you probably see. I go to usually one or two locations per episode rather than all three. Um, but you're not thinking in lockdown, I couldn't go to all of them. It'd be irresponsible to go to all of them when you're doing lockdown. It, it's just what you can do and what's kind of essential for filming and what you think you, need, you can sort of do responsibly. There's, there's, there's a whole code of conduct for filming and so on that we had during lockdown. It's quite interesting. Um, but this one, for example, it just shows that we, it was all about trains. Actually, all the pictures we took were by trains. And I suppose the first set of stuff was, like, yeah, about trains. We like trains. Everyone likes trains. But this isn't about trains. This is a programme about railways for people that don't like trains necessarily, but mm. also gets people thinking about railways a different way. So it's funny that this picture, I always think it's funny, we, we took a picture of this engine behind me. It's like, there's nothing architectural in that yeah. image whatsoever. <laughs> um, and then if you look, if you, if you go into the next slide, you'll see kind of the, 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 kind of the scale of, of, of Series 1, which I have mm. to say, I, I'd like, when, when I first saw the first cut of a Series 1, it was the Swindon episode. And, you know, we talk about the Swindon and, and how the railway works came about and how this whole town which is a model town in full size was designed by the gwr and i cried i actually cried in that studio because to see this thing you worked on and you had no idea it would look like that and of course you're putting your heart on the line you're mm. yourself on the line and you think how is it new how's it going to look because i came under criticism for doing train spotting live a few years ago which i really liked but i'll train people didn't like it because i think it perhaps it it, it took a different slant to mm. the hobby than they wanted to hear and it brought people into a safe space and maybe let people it, it maybe didn't it wasn't as sensitive maybe as people would like want it to be and um although i think it was great because i mean, it knocked down walls to the hobby and i had people i still get people today you know sort of, sort of emails and i remember that program um but people over the next few weeks were texting me and tweeting me saying i've just seen this unit 36507 does that mean it's a class 36 like yes it is like, <laughs> yeah. like people who are just office workers gone on the commute i loved that and people mm. were ticking off numbers i was like that's great so um yeah, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that. But but this one dealt with things a lot more calmly, I suppose. In series one, it jumped about a bit, you know, but then what I loved about it was its sheer variety. But it showed off, and it wasn't about me, although it was it was being, yeah, really, Alfonso, you're right. It is. It's the railway born bill. It really is. And, 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 you know, it sits alongside other places like Derby as well, which we haven't yet covered. Mm. But Derby is a great railway town that we almost lost uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Um, 
know, if, 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 if you look at some of those things on there, you see, uh, the scale of this stuff, the Festin York Railway, a cottage I stayed in. I, I was the second person yeah. to stay in that cottage for my mate Podders. Uh, <laughs> Landmark Trust opened up. I was, I, was a, I was a drunken weekend, that was, because you couldn't go anywhere by car. Uh, so we just we used the train. We just got hammered every day with gin and tonic and left the house at 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> Brilliant fun. Um, sorry, I should be responsible about this, shouldn't I? But we had a lovely, it was like a with Neil and I, except with steam trains. Um, I mean, it sounds horrific, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, so it's a variety of stuff, but it's not about me. It was my journey around the place. I think I, I, think I said at the start of this episode, you know, my, my whole life, my, my family has been intertwined with the railways of the world. Uh, showing you around these places is like showing you around my home. And it genuinely is, because I feel at home on the railway. I feel at home in these places. And to be welcomed into them, by the people who own them is genuinely wonderful and to show people these unlocked doors and take them onto places that is lovely and you meet in these episodes across all three series i, I counted up the other day if you have it's something like we, we've got it's like a 160 experts 167 experts of which i think about 40 percent are women which is nice for a bit older architecture and engineering yeah. traditionally seen as being the percentage of the ratio is much worse than that shall we say less equal yeah uh, traditionally so I, I, yeah I, 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 I'm, 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 I think the team are very proud of that that we've, yeah. that we've had a, a nice balance of voices um, we have some way to go in the future I think to, to balance other other uh, other things out but but they, they try very hard under the circumstances you've got uh, in, in a short amount of time and in a, in a challenging budget um, and to make television that, 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 that is delivered quite rapidly yeah, and there's a certain. I mean, there is a feel of quality of the of the show as well. That I think probably the budget does a good job of 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 hiding. You know, I don't want to say papering over the cracks, but you acknowledge yourself. It's a it's a very limited budget, and actually, it looks like a very. It looks like a much higher budget show than it actually is because the production team were. It's a very good production team who know how to make it all, stitch it all together in such a way that it looks very professional. And there's a really good team from top to bottom in production and make it look really sharp and really crisp from 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 the planning from the the, the execs and the producers at brown bob you know to the commissioners at uk tv there is a desire to there's no point making stuff that's just quick and cheap and look, i might do on my twitter because because or don't you i'll be honest about this because television lets you have still just about the budget to actually mm. make something genuinely beautiful and at pace that an audience will adore and and UK TV knows his audience and, and the commissioners and the channel controller there, uh, Gerald and, 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 and the team, know what the audience is going to be like. And, and what's interesting is series one was done and then we had we did some series research, some, some, some audience research and we had feedback and all that feedback was taken on for series two and three. So there's a slight change of pace, slow down a little bit. And, and oh, Richard Smith says, do you learn anything about S1 or two? And seriously, absolutely. And we just slowed stuff down a little bit and we just let stuff just just explore yeah. it a bit and also we did things like oh i suppose um we did things like we went to the, net, the network real archives a bit more so we got more archive stuff in and and i'll be honest with you we, we, we didn't have much archive in series one because it was very expensive from yeah. different sources yeah. but then we showed series one and various people said why didn't you have our archive in? yeah it's very expensive and they said well actually this is this is entertainment. This program, but also you're doing this as an educational piece, and it's from the heart. So we're not going to charge you that. We're going to charge you this instead because it it, it was mm. it was seen as being that this is a good thing, and the whole industry came together to make this. I mean, honestly, like Tox, Network Rail, 
and I mean from the very, very top of network rail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's fair to say that I, I've uh, we're involved in the uh, selection of, of, of locations and uh, making stuff happen. Um, and uh, you know, and um, we're grateful for that. Um, right the way through to to, to you know, different teams across the country, and then series two, of course, it comes in because they've seen series one. And go, you know, we're responsible people. We're not fly by night. We're doing this because we care. Yeah. And so, other stuff we did like on the fly. I remember a, a chapter in animation of King's Cross one night on the train on the way back from work, working at Brown Bob. He was like, "Oh, on the train, yeah, I, I, I did this three D animation of King's Cross to get in episode three. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, he did it in his spare time because he was loving working on the program so much. And and that shows how people, the team, loved doing it because they started doing stuff. And they're like, oh, I had this idea to add this little map in. So again, series two's got more maps. Series three a bit left, fewer, fewer maps. Actually, so series, series two has fewer maps because we ended up having to deliver because of lockdowns and there being a lack of television coming out. We ended up having to deliver like it was ten episodes in twelve weeks, which is insane for a documentary in twelve hours. Um, but um. Why is archive expensive? Gareth, that, 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 that's, that's an extremely... Well, there's it, it, two reasons. There's two reasons why, why archive is expensive. One is because... Um, it's a really good question, because mm. it, it infuriates me as a historian who wants to publish things to, 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 to take stuff out that I've found in, in archive. Oh, I'd love to show this. And then you can you approach the, the archive owner and say, can I publish this? And they say, oh, well, yes. Sometimes it is about extracting value from the assets sometimes it is so that however there are routes around that quite often that, 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 that we know of but you've got to remember as well that often assets are owned by museums and the museums on commerce a been which didn't really frankly screwed over like by covid and so on over yeah. the past few years yeah. two years even before that though museums have, have, have tried a very difficult line of of how to survive and you know, museums the third sector, I suppose, you know, the cultural sector has been has been ravaged um, by COVID, and even before that, you know, exists on a breadline. And many people, I'm sure, watching this are aware of of, of how museums work. They're, they're not; these are not organisations that, that have much money. They're not laughing about, you know, the NRM isn't sitting there going, "Oh, what should we spend a million pounds on today?" The money they've had to go for is, have you budgeted every single penny of it? And even lo- local museums especially them they rely on the good nature of people so when a television company comes in and says can we please use this image for commercial on a commercial television station of course they're going to say of course it's commercial purposes you're yeah, they've got to think it. about the, the archivists they've got to think about how they maintain so, that, that that resource yeah absolutely rightly they, they pay for it but um yeah the, i, I yeah. suppose the good thing about series about the series one having gone out was that as you say all of a sudden people knew what you were doing they knew what the tone was they knew what you were trying to achieve and it was like ah okay yeah we we get what's going on here we understand it um yeah i very briefly i'm glad that you saw the swindon one first because actually not that i want to say i have favorites but it was possibly one of my favorite episodes of the series the swindon mm. episode honestly a really lovely episode I don't know what yeah. I don't know what it is about. Well, there are lots of things about it, but it's just really nicely crafted. I think it's worth also we talk about quality. It's worth a shout out to um, to Matthew Slater who uh, who scored, who put the, together the yeah. soundtrack, the, the 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 original scoring underneath, which just actually it just adds that texture, really lovely texture to it all. It's playful, it's but it's serious when it needs to be, and it's it's yeah, it's it's really good. 
I again, I, I don't get a chance to see a lot of this stuff. I mean, again, I, I, so I, the process is, is quite long and convoluted. The way we, we write scripts is quite collaborative and, you know, and it's quite interesting. Um, and we would get facts and stories and narratives together. Often it's, it's driven by a producer director, um, you know, but a researcher working. I get to choose some of the, well, not choose, I, I throw in some of the, 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 the ideas in places and, and the team then work with some of them and they cut all their own stuff as well mm. but yeah as, as paul notes you know archives do cost money to store and manage so, so, you know, they've paid somehow um but it's you know it, it's in budgets that are ever uh, we must talk about this as well television budgets are being ever squeezed and and it's because the proliferation of channels and the audience diversification um being split you know i mean i mean to have a couple hundred thousand people watch a television program on yesterday. I mean, it, it is generally one, it, it is one of their biggest programs. Mm. Um, apart from Secrets London Underground, uh, which actually, is, actually did, a, did a little bit better the first episode, <laughs> which is great. Um, so it's, you know, it's about how, you know, how do you learn from each, each program and, and build on them and what do you do to, to make it better, but do it with care and attention and detail. And again, someone asked, you know, was Underground a spin-off? Yes, it was. Uh, in, in, in as much as Sidney and I met and I, I met Presidio previously somewhere else, uh, the museum actually, uh, years before. And I've worked with the museum on and off. On I've written stuff for them and I've done presentations, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but we but we met uh, previously and did the Down Street piece. And then actually, it was such a nice piece to do. Mm. We thought, you know what, there's, there's a whole thing here. There's more to do here. And Rob, the producer, there sort of went off and did. We'll talk later on. Um, yeah, so that's it really. Uh, I'm conscious of time. Yeah, got it. We are 34 minutes in and we've got about two slides through. So, right, right. okay. I don't know what signal this is. What's is, this thing? It's, uh, a, uh, <laughs> it's some small signal box, apparently. Never heard of it. Um, I just th- This whole thing is about going to places that I never thought I'd get to see. And this is the Series 1 and we didn't know about it. And so we ended up doing this wonderful piece in a building that i loved and that's what series one means to me in fact the whole program right it's all about going to go and see stuff that i never thought i get a chance to do and you find some noted here local experts and people who either look after it run it have built it have designed it or just love it for some reason or i've studied it you know these people are dedicated to that building and that is just wonderful that is wonderful because people when you ask one of my favourite questions, I will always ask people in any interview is, why do you love this building? And the answers you get back from that question are just sometimes the most moving. I mean, I, I, there was, the, you know, I remember, again, I keep crying. The, the chap who designed uh, the, the, the building called Snowden, mm, the modern yeah. art. And he stood there and he was almost in tears watching people use his building. And that is just, why is wonderful. What a privilege to watch that. Um, and again, the team at, at, at Shrewsbury, <laughs> at uh, Shrewsbury Seven Bridge Junction. I mean, brilliant. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've got a funny feeling I might return there in the not distant future for something else. Um, but yeah, it, thank you, Network Rail. Thank you very much. And again, it, it's it's going to these things and showing people because you know what, they couldn't organise an open house day where you know, quarter of a million people go through it in an hour, uh, but we do. And and it's about taking cameras in, and because they've gone, I can I've got the privilege of going in there. It's my responsibility to be your eyes and ask the right questions because I am there to ask the questions I think the audience wants to know. And then, yeah, I, I honestly had time in my life, obviously, <laughs> but also I've got to do a job, and that's to ask the right question. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, nice. And th- this is the which. stuff, right? and this yeah. stuff I love. It's also walking and going like it's just spotting something. It doesn't go on camera, 
but it's just stuff that we spot and go like, you can't, like, like, these people love the, these people love the railway. Like my <laughs> other diesel, you could, it's just, I like this. And wherever you go across the, all the series and you encounter all the experts, all the people, you very rarely meet someone who is, is kind of, they're gruff, fine, you know, interrupting their, their daily work and television camera and some idiot called Tim walks in going, can you tell me why you like building? And like, I've got to do a job. Um, but actually it's all about people and their passions and their enthusiasm and the love that is lavished upon buildings and worked in them. And, you know, that is that we're very lucky in this country. Indeed, you're to have people who work on a system that binds us all together. And so many of us actually love. Mm, absolutely. Um, Oh, I'm so glad you put this in. This is one of my favourite things from Series 1. That we, In fact, on, the, on our first episode you did, we talked about this, and it was very cool. This is Ribblehead Viaduct, as it almost became. Yeah. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff that I love about this programme. You go in there, and I, not many people know that these days, that they almost demolished Ribblehead Viaduct, because this is the reason that actually they wanted to shut the line. Mm. And, and one of the guys was like, I can save the viaduct, I can save it. And so we met the chap who proved, <laughs> he proved on one of the piers that he could do it and, and save it with this new infill that he constructed. Um, but wow, so the British Rail put forward some different, different ideas of how to replace the viaduct. And there are some quite quite, quite good designs here. I, quite I was like, going to say, I, I, part of me is a little, there's a little bit of, of sadness that they didn't build the one in the bottom corner because I think that... You that, and me that, both. Yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. It'd be awesome. I love it? that. Yeah. I, I mean, Riblehead's great. But I quite like that. Um, it's quite. I mean, the the one in, in the main picture is quite HS two actually. Some of the new stuff going across the um, the Colm Valley at, at Denham looks. Yes, it is actually um, with that angular action. Actually, you might notice that the the piers in that one are quite similar to the design of the Selby diversion. I dare say because they are coming from. They might well have been coming from a similar design office at the time. Uh, yeah. So. so that you can see in the, in Settle Museum, um, and again. To go have a chance to look around. So Mark Rand, uh, who owns the signal box, not the signal box, the um, the water tower at Settle. So yeah, I used to live in the old museum up there. Come have a look. And this is this this they rescued from a porter cabin, British Rail, for it got knocked down. And so I thought I'll, I want to have that. So there's some pictures there. Right, next slide. Next slide. Yes. Please, uh, Prime Minister. And um, ah, oh, Josie. So this is the privileged access we get, right? To top of St Pancras roof. I hate heights. You might have noticed. Yeah. I hate heights. There we are on top of it. But this is about showing because the program has got there is a kind of agenda here, and it's from me, all of us, the program, which is it doesn't matter how old something is, how new it is, it's got a program job to do now, right? So, so whether you're, it's all about how we reuse things and look at buildings and keep using them in different ways, and how buildings learn, you know, how we learn from buildings. And so, Pancras is a great one. There's a gun underneath its skin. And Josie, she is the superstar heritage sort of advisor for HS1 Limited. And uh, she worked with, with Michael Fox there as well, who's just joined. And the team there is brilliant because they know how to look after that station and what goes on in HS1. But the proof got up on that roof. Mm. Great. Yeah. Shuffling yeah. terrifying. I, I was going to say, you're, you're, throughout series two and three, you were pushing your, you're pushing that, uh, pushing your limits even further on what you could do height-wise uh bristol being another one anyway right so uh here's you pointing at the front of a train everyone pe people are people are remembering the joy of this from uh from 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 our first from the architecture of the railways built one rail natter crossover i enjoyed you looking and Why pointing are you at big and small i don't know i think it possibly because skype when you alt tab skype decides it likes to change resolution for no reason um which is I don't, like this. don't worry I i'm, I'm resizing sick. you at rapid pace don't worry um right 
Uh, so again, it's, again it, it's not about what the buildings themselves, how they're designed. Often it's about what happens inside them, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the story of the buildings, what's important about how they're used. So we went up there and went, you know what? There's a great story here. Yeah, it's a massive warehouse, <laughs> effectively. It's a massive production facility. Mm-hmm. But why is it shaped like that? Why do they build like that? What happens inside the Hitachi, you know, sort of facility they've got up, up at Newton Nucleus? So we had to look at those, and I got to damage a Hitachi unit. And if, that, if that's ever gone in service without them fixed, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Ellen, the Um But again, I just want to show you a in your grab. Right, so from the very, very new to one of the world's oldest, in fact, it's the world's oldest railway workshop. Mm. You know, look, they, they've been building engines in there for three centuries. Three consecutive centuries, they've been building classes of engine in there. And yeah. there's George England coming with, with, with Azalea and Lucy, who were kind of the two of the, 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 the core team on Series One. And I'll put them there too, but we go from very old to very, very new. But also, just the, again, we had so much fun in all these episodes, every, no matter what we've done. But the crew behind this are lovely yeah, and they're definitely. brilliant and they're just, you know, they're a good laugh. And because we, and they come away going, Actually, this is really interesting. Can we do, what else can we do? Um, I they like really that. were. I had the privilege of working with uh, with the, with the same team actually when I, for for the two sequences that I actually did Connell Bridge second, but it was actually the first thing that appeared as, as you know. And working with the team, and they were lovely. so I had two days. I had two full days with them, and they were just lovely, absolute pleasure to work with, and they really cared. They knew what they, they knew. They understood the material. They were just yeah, it was lovely, really lovely, Brilliant. pleasure. Love. Again, again, throughout that the program, again, different crews, different places, different series, but all just genuinely, just, just thoughtful, careful, thoughtful the audience, thoughtful the final product, and you just don't stop shooting. That's yep. the thing, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, it's easy, Tony, just point the camera, right? I mean, they don't call me 20 take done for nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, the, the biggest thing about making television is it's really boring. It's so boring making television. You think I had a lovely time. Yeah, I get a small amount of time, half an hour, a day maybe, to kind of do my own thing. But actually, we're up at six o'clock. You are in and out of breakfast, out on the road, doing a thing, and you are getting content for the start to the end of the day, and you're interviewing. Because often, these locations, you've only got a day to film that. Yeah. And filming the winter, I'll come to that in series two. This is series one, all filmed in the summer, as you can tell. Series two and three, we filmed throughout winter lockdowns, mate. And, and, and honestly, that is... That's quite hard, and you've got like six hours of daylight. Yeah, very like little death. daylight, and you've got to. That's mm. for people who aren't familiar with how it works. You know, the you're, the, the the production team, the, the the director of photography, the 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 director who's there, is got a list, a huge long list of different pickup shots they need. Like it's lots and lots oh, yeah. of different shots, and they've got to do them over and over again because they don't know the edit. You think these things come out, you don't know what shots you might need, so you have to try yep. very carefully to get a, a, a useful shot. To allow the whole thing to stitch together and make sense to the viewer, it's 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 a it's a very sophisticated and regimented process. Yeah, every, every interview is done three times, so I have to remember what questions I ask each time, and I have to have a script. I do my pieces of camera as well, so I have to learn those in advance or make them up on the spot. Yeah. If I make them up on the spot, I've got to then deliver them three times and talk to the camera like this and say, "Hello, I'm here at Swindon. Oh, it's so exciting," and you have to and chunk it. Oh wow! I mean, it, every day it's when you finish two weeks and we, we try and break it up with no more than a week. You have a couple of days off, and it, it is hard graft. This, this, this is television making at pace, and it is so much fun, but it is exhausting. Yep. So, and then we get so that was series one. So now series. So people remember for the, the, the second episode, the rail natter, the architecture of the rail is built across. We already talked about series two, but here they are. It's yep. a nice selection. Um, I just thought I'd just show a, a variety of stuff here. And again, you, you look at the pace of it; it slows down a bit. But again, what happened was for this one, the team 
said, well, okay, so series one aired at the start of lockdown. Mm. Because perfectly they, timed. Genuinely perfectly timed. timed. So again, I mean, higher than usual visitor viewer numbers for television across the board um, because everyone's stuck at home and can't go out. And suddenly series one, here's a programme about people going out and travelling again. And yes. <laughs> it was the first new programme about travelling for weeks on telly. And people like into that May, they were like, oh my goodness, we can go somewhere. Um so yeah, it, it, it was it was no. I will not do David Shepherd. I will not do it three times. Certainly not. Uh, I, 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 I'm this far more enough. Um, it's quite funny. So we took better pictures of these ones. It used to be staged pictures occasionally. But there's things here. So it's Weems Bay, Albert Bridge, and, and, and I suppose Windsor. I can't see Piccadilly line. Yeah, Piccadilly line, Linton. Yeah. And again, the pictures here don't necessarily match no. the, the, the thing, but but it, it, it's it's what the kind of the key thing is in that in that thing. Um, but it was just nice, you know, what a lovely variety of stuff. And that's what's key about this thing, right? It's not just saying, here's a hotel. Here's an hour at railway hotels. That was my proposal for, for the mm-hmm. yeah. They went, no, 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 mix it all up. Yeah. And that's where it goes. That's how it works. And so it just, they take a lot of care in this program. And like, there's a, there's a the famous wall of post-it notes, how they mix yes. stuff together um, <laughs> in different colors and themes and how, but, Series one, that was easy. Series two is much harder because suddenly you're against COVID. Mm, yep. And what I think the, the key thing I wanted to talk about is if I, I get my presentation, I'll say, what, what's coming next on the next slide? Hang on a second. I'm just gonna, I haven't looked at any notes for this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just nattering at okay. high speed. It's you and a mask in a train. I mean, every day of the year. Yeah. Uh, I can just shows, right? That, that, that's, that's what's next on the next slide. Yeah. That's what we delivery. So, so there's Simon there. So Simon's was one of the kind of associate assistant producers on the camera. That's us filming in a, a class one fifty. Is it no? It's, or is it castle class? I think it's a castle. castle yeah, class. it looks like an HST. Castle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, over the Saltash Bridge. Um, sorry, Royal Bridge. And that train was empty apart from but three people and us. Right. So it's us filming. That's how it was to travel. And the next slide, if you get to the next one. Look at Waterloo Station. Yeah. I mean, it is weird. Very weird. Miserable. Friday night, quarter past nine. Miserable. And I'm, I live in central London. I'm, I, I, as you know, I live near Underbridge Station. I can hear the announcements. <laughs> we all can. <laughs> Late at night. Um, so, so the, you know, the, this was all filmed over lockdown. So we had so series two and three got a very different feel. Um, particularly series two, because that was filmed when we had to do it in really strict lockdowns yeah and we had a code of conduct to work to and there were quite often uh, there, there, there were times like in series three stoke station when we filmed stoke um and it was us and two other people on the platforms you know stoke station it's massive <laughs> waterloo station there you know it's just it was it was sad and, it, and we have to ask questions you know, in a pandemic should you ask a volunteer to come out from a, from a museum mm. to travel now they can do but should you you know, and, 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 and we didn't know then what the virus was doing or, or how it was transmitted. So you know, we were very careful to ask, you know, could you ask someone who might be more susceptible, we thought, to so you have to be careful who you ask and why you ask it. And of course, also, and of course in Europe, as it, again, I think Rob's gone on, on, on camera to say this in the past, our exec producer, you know, we, we, we had issues where <laughs> we had to build air bridges effectively and go like, okay, so if we were going to do... <laughs> Sweden now. Where can we send them next? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. France is off the list, right? So that's all the French content gone. <laughs> series two and three. Yeah, yeah. And then I get a phone call saying, "Tim, what do you know about Greek railway architecture?" 
I'd be like, give me an hour. Yeah. Um, and so I go and that research kind of some top level stuff and go back and research, didn't research stuff. But again, stuff happened in the UK as well. So you know, I'll be honest, the North Staffordshire Railway for Series 3, that, that, that wasn't in my top list. It was way down my list. But actually, that came about because we went, we can't get to a particular location. I'm not saying where it was. Um, yeah. That it, it was closed off because of COVID, and, and good for good reason. Um, and they're like, we have to have a phone. Have you got an idea of what's what could you do? And I was like, mm, okay, I'll come back to you. And so I gave ideas to, the, to one of the researchers, and then they went off and turned it from my those ideas into this narrative and weaved it together. And then we kind of again, it's this lovely collaborative way of working. I've Which was nice very- actually, because that was that was a bit of a revelation for me. I knew it was an interesting little bit, little tidbit, but actually architecture, I know we're not even on series three yet, but we will be shortly. Yeah. But, um, but so the, it's this, this yeah. is about how, in lockdown, how things have changed. Um, but this was, what series two did really was, I suppose, if you go to the next series slide, is, is it shows like, like Wingfield, right? Which so the, and, and Wingfield, this is, this is the first time the big shutters have come off that building mm. for years. Big metal shutters. So its eyes had been you know, let's just opened up and the glasses have come off and it was just shown the first this is one of the most remarkable railway stations in the country we don't even know about it it sits in this wooded glade in derbyshire and i was contacted by uh, by barry of the derbyshire historic buildings trust after series one to tim come and look at this you ever do it another series and we got commission so that was on our list because you know it's a great story a little station preserved from the 1960s just left to just rack and ruin um and they're restoring it it's lovely and actually and the update is of course is, is that they, they, they they've got austria funding and local funding and heritage trust funding and it's going to become a little sort of little business center you know a, a new use alongside a high-speed main line of an old railway station retains heritage features and a, a wonderful thing and there's some and someone's noted just, just how you know it's a Greek, it's like a temple. It looks, and and yeah, yeah. you can tell the story about how this whole railway line and, and, and this, this line that runs through the Midlands um, had different architectural styles, and they kind of they, they, they replicated or impressed the local landowners with different styles, yes. depending on what they wanted the island to think. It's just ah, oh, it's just you get Jacobean and Tudor, and you yeah, get it's it's Dulali, it's but just, it's, oh, Italian, yeah. a Greek. It's just brilliant, and the story of that is wonderful. What a treat, because people often don't know what is hidden in plain sight, you know, in the Midlands. How many areas. people have journeyed, you know, going between, you know, Leeds or whatever and, and down to Birmingham or the, or the Midlands have, have whizzed past this at pace on their way south towards Derby without thinking of it? I certainly am one of those people, having whizzed past it. I saw a couple of buildings as you go past. We don't think much of them. You go past them 110 miles an hour. And yeah, here it is. Quite, here it is. Quite. And- Oh, there's, a, there's a segment in there just to have a train going past at 110 yeah. miles an hour, which would be t- a bit like the one you timed uh, for your shot. And just so you know, I know how many takes that one to get out, Dennis. Um, <laughs> 20 takes, Dennis. Um, there, there, there's um, a train goes past, and I kind of go sort of, and trains go past at speed, and it was like that took four takes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And, and in the rain. That's quite depressing. Um, next slide, please. Yes. We, we, yes. we talk about things in, hidden in plain sight. The story of Ben Levard was in story number, was in episode number one. Number two, I got to go back to it and, and meet the team behind the Iron Giant, they call it. Um, and I got to go down the scaffolding underneath the bridge, which is, which is gone now. The, so you, you can't get that view anymore because they're mm. on the scaffolding. Down, that was down a lovely, I'm so glad you got to revisit. That was a lovely moment. It really was. That is genuine. It, it's one of the World Monuments Fund's uh, big sort of, uh, winners, that one. And it's not fair to say that our programme... 
helped it may have helped the case particularly in some places uh, but it was nice to give a building or structure rather, a, a, a airtime that people didn't know and mm. certain people have gone oh my god yeah like, what what where is it i i didn't know about it before we did the research this thing i, was, I had a venley i was like what's a divider look into it it is incredible absolutely yeah, what a survivor incredible now, talking of things you don't really know about hello i love clocks i love massive clocks me he says putting his glass of wine down um <laughs> when i was five years old i proudly told my parents i wanted to grow when i grew up i wanted to be a horologist and um it's a love big clocks and so one of the joys of, of going around railway stations is finding clocks because of course railways brought about standardized time railway time we know this right and you know, there are wonderful things like in Bristol. The, the most well-known, of course, is Bristol, the Bristol Exchange clock, you know, where the, I think it's 11 minutes difference from Bristol time and standard time. And the, the Bristolians kept their little clock up with a one red hand and one green hand to so say it always goes around to prove that they're different than everybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, love Bristol, I love Bristol, but it's very Bristol. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just, I mean, you expect it of Manchester. But, really, um, but, but this is an example of where we we said to somebody could we go up in up in the, the pediment up, up, up there look, look up in the top and someone went, oh we've got a key somewhere we'll go look up in there and so Huddersfield station um the station manager it was Andy said do you know what I haven't been there for ages I'd love to show up let's go let's go up and so they <laughs> found the keys and we got on a ladder went up and we kept it up there and, and to go up in the top Huddersfield station where normally the, cl- the clock maintenance guys from uh, Smith Clocks of Derby go and restore it and, and, and just check every year. You know, one person does it every year, and we're somewhere different. But then to go up there and look at the clock, and go, this clock has given the time to, to, to this t- the city of Huddersfield, you know, for 100 or whatever years it is, this is the clock that set the time for this city. This is what, by, it, it, this device has governed the lives of this entire city effectively mm. from the time the station was built and that that is a wonderful moment to see this thing that is an original clock um which i noticed when i went up there but and obviously it's an electrical uh, part of it. there's bits that are original within it um and we found records and I, i've dug out records in the archives of of, of, of who did build it which is an interesting story um but what a treat and to take people up there and then to find up in there they're actually sort of you know, hewn, all, all the beams up there have been numbered, you know, one by one. Was it, of course, yeah, 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 I remember. All, the, all assembled downstairs, and you can see how they've got the cross and then brought it upstairs and reassembled them, but again, hacked out with a chisel. Like, this is, this is, this is pretty good stuff. Mm. Right, onwards. And onwards, on. yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, yes, this is beautiful. This, this is lovely. Perchance it is not dead, but sleepeth. Now, this is the postcard that was written and put on a wreath of chrysanthemums, I think it was, on the buffer stops, um, either in Barnstable Town, um, when the railway was, was actually closed down, um, on the closing day. And, and somebody uh, who has been in contact with me has actually emailed me, or kind of saying, I, it was my grandfather or something, or, or, or we found this in a book or something, mm. wasn't it? Look, we gave it to them back. And so to, to hold this thing that has motivated these enthusiasts, this little piece, and, and actually motivated enthusiasts the world over to restore their own yeah. railway. This is like, this is, again, like Talathlin Railway. Like when you go into Talathlin, which I, I remember at Talathlin, the reason I do so much volunteering and do so much video stuff and have fun there is because we have so much fun. 
you know, it, it's a, every day there is a railway adventure, you know, it, but it is, it's because it's where it began. Mm. And, and we have fun because we, we, we play trains there safely and responsibly, but we play trains and we play trains to bring people in. And this is about the motivational stuff. So this is, is something I discovered uh, that we found it in Linton Marchable. And, what, and uh, you know, to have access to this stuff and to be given stuff by series two shows just how much these people yeah. around the world are going, we want to share this mm. and let's do this carefully. And we've got something to show you that's very precious and we'd like the world to see it, please. And, and, and indeed, on the fur- and further up the line from Barnstable, there's this fine viaduct, which I've, which given that I have family in that part of the world, I've never gone underneath it knowingly. So I need to visit and uh, and prod it. It's lovely. I walked across it, mm. and you know, it's quite funny. Um, there are obviously other people in this world who, are, who make programs about this. There's a man called Mr. Portillo, Mr. Bell as well, mm-hmm. another person who makes programs, <laughs> Mr. Marshall. And a couple of people, I count on people who, are, who are, I know very well, and uh, one particularly is a very good friend of mine. Um, so I find it very, very funny when people compare us or, or, or make c- comparisons. And go, oh, we did that as well. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we know because we do. Like, yeah. um, we go to the pub together um, <laughs> and we exchange notes. But, but other of those people in the real world, or Judy Walter, for example, does a program on something, and someone goes, oh, and you, you, you complains. You'll say. Didn't you know that Julie Walter went to that program? Well, I mean, we don't all make notes. We don't, we don't all sit there going like, ring up Julie and go, "Excuse Julie, you're doing a program at so and so. Where are you going? You know, um, we have different schedules." So, uh, Rob Bell actually went to this, the, the location as well. He had a different take. He walked the entire length of the line. We focused on the architecture, and so uh, it was quite fun. We walking across the south. I thought, "No one's ever done this before." And then, as, as we left the we left the viaduct, the chap and I went. Of course, Rob Bell was here last week. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm not the first. He goes, oh, no, he goes, you lot, you know, you train lot, you know, you're all, all you enthusiasts, you're, you know, you're doing a lot on the engineering lot, you're all doing the same thing. I was like, wow. So, but again, it, it focuses you to find out what, what's different and unique or yeah. what angle can you give it. So, what I love this program is, yeah, we go to locations that maybe other folk have been to or Patilla's been to before or anyone's been to. You no, know, not everyone's watched that program. Um, and often you're picking up new people and have a very different take on things. Because I, I want to know about the buildings and the engineering. I want to genuinely how it was built and why it was built. Next slide, please. Yes. Uh, Mr. Mr. Here's uh, some bins. Sometimes it isn't so good. And sometimes people say to us, um, okay, have you had problems? And it wasn't a problem. But sometimes you get somewhere and I'll, I don't use this word lightly. It's a bit more crap than you think it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so I was like, we're out the back of the bins, Linton Barnstable. I was like, oh, look at this. And it, it's just, uh, I use the word accretions a lot. And Mr. Roger, Mr. Roger Ford once noticed it. He said, I love that word. From, yes. I, it's a great, I'm super to use it. Pevs use it quite a lot as well. It, pe- accretions means things that have accreted over time. Stuff is added to a station or a building that are added needlessly. And it just doesn't belong there. It bump, you know, it's just yep. it's an accreted bump. It's just crap over something. And here is... Um, Blackmore Gate Station or Intermarsable. And it's just like, oh, it's, oh, I mean, yeah, it's fit for purpose as a restaurant now. But somewhere hiding underneath there is a Swiss chalet yes. uh, out the back of the bins, mate. <laughs> yeah. That was a letdown. But, 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 but what saved it was a brilliant contributor. Yes. You know, the architecture, bit rubbish. But the contributor who owned this place was great and he's a wonderful man and he runs a brilliant pub 
that you know delivers. He's not it's publican by trade, and he he knows what his customers want. And so it's to, to see him going. You know what? We know what to do. The building's interesting, but it's not that interesting now because but how you use it now is what's important. It's about how you read buildings that have long gone from railway territory. Absolutely. Next slide, please. Ah, so here we reach series three. At series long three. last. Good Lord, I've, I've had an hour. I, I will try and wrap up the things ten minutes. I'm terribly sorry. Series three. Look, people are here I'm, for series three. People, you have you have to stay for another two hours to cover series three. I've uh, look. I've swapped out one of the thumbnails as well to the correct picture. Look, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> sweetheart. Oh, so, there's a reason we like you. Um, so again, <laughs> Newcastle. I, I can't read all that. So Newcastle, Warncliffe, Charing Cross, Cross Bramble. But look, there's so much coming up, and and. People go, oh, you're wearing that scarf again. Do you know why, Rick? It's because we filmed this in January. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. freezing. Yeah, well, we're looking. I'm very much looking. So, so we plotted around, and, and we're going to talk. I, I might be shooting your fox here. We t- we we plotted around Curzon Street together when they first opened up. Do you remember? Um, that was ages ago. That was pre-lockdown. I have got so actually, and, and I know on the HS team, H2 team, watches this. And, and just and what I love about this thing is, is the, the railway is that you realise actually, I people watch this won't realise this, but a lot of the comms people, are, are like, they're straight laced, you know, they've got a job to do the railways on message, but actually they are unabashed, uncloseted railway geeks right? because you've got to be. You, you, some of them aren't, but at its core, all of us love the railway, mm. and so one of them I know watches this a lot, and so he Ben. Watching this, you will have Often sends me the good stuff, you know, like I've got this thing, you know, look at this, it's great. Um, and so, you know, he arranged for me to go down, down, down uh, the new tunnels as well. But he arranged for you and me to go and see the, the roundhouse and go and see inside mm. um, the Coastal building. We couldn't go inside it during uh, the, the filming of the episode for this because of just some other work going on during the time. Yeah. But we had got content. But what was nice about this one is like Ben, and that's next week's episode actually. It's like yeah. Ben, I was like Ben, I still haven't published a video. I haven't put it into a video. I haven't got time to edit it together. And that's a year later, right? You know, I did yeah. this. Um, and I'm like, it's okay. You've made a television program that's going to have hundreds of thousands of views. I was like, fine, because you're off the hook. So thanks, yeah. Ben. You're <laughs> letting me off the hook. Um, that's it. Yeah. I did it. The last episode, actually, it's quite interesting. We'll come on to it in a minute. But um, again, next slide, please, mm, is Newcastle. Yes. And look, again, Rob Langham, a friend of mine, who's just love, uh, just Rob, if you're watching this, um, thank you. Because people like you are what make this programme. It's not me. I'm just the chatty person who doesn't stop bloody talking, who loves this stuff. Uh, I'm the fool there in a blue helmet who hasn't got PTS. Um, but Rob, you know, in the middle, again, another historian who spent more time devoting his work to writing in in book form than I have and has, is a very accomplished author and, and has worked at Beamish and so on in other museums. Um, uh, Rob, look up Rob Langham. Um, mm. Yeah, he's good on Twitter. Ra- yep. Rail Ramblings, isn't yep. it? Rail, Rail Ramblings, Ramblings yeah. Um, do follow him. Um, I love, Rob, Dean and I giggled, I've interrupted you, but Dean and I giggled when he revealed, and I'm so glad you left it in the show, when he revealed he had also uh, had a fear of heights and the two of you are thick as thieves yeah, I mean, standing like ah. he did it he does it like when we're on the bridge I'm like, <laughs> like now you tell it like <laughs> now you like, you should have told us like two weeks ago um, here we are now thanks Rob um, but, it's quite, but again Anthony who actually filmed it, 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 it's a small world so Anthony who filmed the segment and who's a director of the segment this one um 
uh, again, we have a lot of different, like, like Phil, for example, directed and filmed lot of the stuff we did at uh, Series 2. Um, but Anthony uh, actually worked on Great British Railway Journeys, so he's mm. filmed Portillo. So he, he knows the kind, he, he, and again, he's a railway enthusiast to some degree and, and loves his stuff. So Anthony was like, don't like this. <laughs> and uh, a bit like we were down in in uh, Bramhope Tunnel. Like he, he sort of he lost his sense of humour at a certain point. Where I think we were kind of like, you know, it's half past four in the morning, and I'm like I think we're done now. I've got everything. I'm like, it's time we left, guys. Um, <laughs> I even like even I was losing my sense of humour. It's snowing in Bramhope Tunnel. You've done a day, and it's just like, oh. um. But yeah, Rob, thank you so much. But again. again seeing the stuff having a local person saying i love this and having access that network rails organized and the next one is just a quick story as well which is mm. so we, we showed this briefly uh, yep, in yep. episode uh one of, of series three up in the water tower i found this and um it's the signal box uh, it's a lever frame sort of board back and board so label effectively for what levers do and i'm like where's that from like, i don't know it's massive like 12 foot long I don't know what it's doing up here. Um, anyway, it, so I, think, I thought it doesn't. <laughs> we have to sort this out. So thankfully, because I've got friends and luckily people across Network Rail and the RHT and NRM, the team managed to get in touch with the great uh, the the, uh, the is it great? Oh, which rail is it? It'll be the Great Northern. Oh, hang on. Uh, no, Northeastern Railway. No, the Northeastern. Sorry, the Northeastern Railway. Yes, Northeastern Railway Society. And and they were like, oh yeah, we did we did some work, and we, we narrowed it down based on the track on this. Or the, the, what what the track would have looked like? Where to carry it from? And that has now gone to a museum. Oh, locally. wonderful! Yeah, yeah. And um, and we also we found some more things uh, in there as well, which will also go to the museum. So uh, I'm quite proud of that. It was some finding artifacts that will now have a new audience, and that is lovely. It is. That Next was really slide, nice. the, the Newcastle bit, the, the series three was really. I mean, they're all lovely. The, the Newcastle segment was really nice. Oh, here he is. I've I've muted the sound, so you don't have to deal with the sound, everyone. Here's me on repeat. Uh, there you go. So it's I mean, interesting. Look, you say there's multiple takes, which is true, but it's only because they weren't done in succession. Obviously, it was just that every time a train came along, they said ad lib something, and so I was like. uh-uh. And so this, this, this. I don't know whether you saw the full clip, but I don't think I said anything before. So it's a good one for train fans. I, I think yeah. it was like I just ad libbed like this random thing. So they're all different. I think it's just me gibbering nonsense every time a tr- different train went past. Um, which is what I do, really. Um, <laughs> I suppose the whole time I gibber nonsense every time a train goes past. Um, and that's transporting life for you, really, isn't it? Um, oh, transporting life. When during that time, when I was at the side of the uh, the Malik branch, and uh, we go. I'm going live now. It's Tim Dunn at uh, the West uh, the West Highland line. Uh, right, another ear is someone from Didcot in the live centre going, "Oh, Tim, um, you know the, the train's running seven minutes late. Can you fill for seven minutes?" That was my first night of telly presenting. I mean, I've done I've done radio a lot, but yeah. I, was, I had to feel like it was seven, it's, it's seven minutes. Four, is seven a long minutes. time. I just talked about the love of trains for like seven minutes, which obviously I've done now for an hour and a quarter. Um, but that's basically it's, it's my shtick, really, isn't it? Um, right. And the next right. thing so is So back then, to let's go back here. Yes. So you've had enough of my face, everyone. You'll be glad. It's well, back Bram to Tim again. So lots of locations. I have tried to record stuff. Again, what you don't see is like locations. Like you do a full day of filming, and then of course 
the team like can you record social stuff as well yeah, and she's yeah. like okay so, so if i ever, ever do this again we will plot more time in if you have a chance to and so if we ever have time to, if we ever do um underground again i'm sure people watching this want to know you're doing underground we don't know uh, we just don't know um but you have to plot time in for doing extra content bonus content stuff that you want to put on your social channels and so i always i, I always again because i think it's very it's important to it's important to give people something special and interesting because otherwise just talking crap and repeating stuff i want to make sure that we have stuff that is new and you can't get anywhere else on social so um i've always tried to record things like you know saying tonight on the architecture the railways built yeah, with the snow blowing in there <laughs> and is, is that a video does that one work as a video oh it should, it should oh yes wait it should if i click this button here and then go i'm tim dunn and all my life i've never been so cold can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we've got the sound. You, can, you don't get the sound, but we got the sound. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, there's another version of that which I haven't included. Does it involve say, Effie Jeffies? It might. It, it, I, I've never been to something called my time. and and, and it, that's the viaduct just behind Bramhope Tunnel, which is kind of part of the same thing. But we couldn't film there that day because look at the snow. I mean, yeah. it was. I mean, that that picture sums up series three to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On to the last yes. bit. Oh, next is, week. Here we go. Look at this, everyone. I've included this because I wanted to talk about the love of Beckenscott. And um, I grew up in Buckinghamshire. I, I lived a very privileged um, childhood, one that was full of railways and trains and magic that I genuinely um, want to share with people. My, my responsibility is to pass it on now, right? And so I was given education in railways and buildings by my father, who was a, a chartered surveyor. Uh, for British Railways for some time. But my father was the man that, that negotiated and sold the Kingsway branch uh, to to uh, William McAlpine. We actually met, before we died, we actually met uh, him again. And uh, this chap, so McAlpine said, uh, said um, Bill said, um, I knew you from somewhere. It's my father. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad's like, because we're sitting in, in the carriage, Pine Flying Scotch, and uh, and Dad goes, um, yes. <laughs> and he goes, where do I know you from? And Father says, 1971. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill's like, Dad goes, I sold you the Kingsmith branch because that's where it was on that DMU we chartered, British Railway. And we're like, wow, I mean, that's a man that knows his stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so but again, I, I, I grew up with the Beckenscott Model Railway. And so, I, I, and so Monday's episode, uh, coming up is one that I genuinely hope everyone enjoys because we go back and and we have stuff about Curzon Street and we have the Roundhouse and we have the, and we have the principal building and we go across and we look at a, a, a suburb a suburb building in Europe as well a brutalist building which is fascinating but then we bring it right back to kind of where it all started so if this is the last ever architecture railways built I don't mind because I kind of I've done the thing I've always wanted to do which is tell the story of the architecture of Beckenscott and this is Mary Lou Station under construction. In 1929, that's Bert Gray, who I actually worked with at Beckenscott. He worked at Beckenscott his entire life. That man, mm. uh, that's him there on, on, on the on the left hand side. I worked with Bert when I was a kid, and Bert helped build the railway. It was a three rail Bassett Luke commission, and that's him constructing that Mary Lou Station, which we all know today. Um, that's him building it, and and I suppose carrying the baton on. We just tell the story of Beckenscott. 
um, and how it's built as a Bassett Loke creation, as a commission, its biggest ever Gage One creation, mm. and how this railway was created by Mrs. Callingham saying to her husband, uh, look, my dear, um, either the railway goes outside or you do. Um, <laughs> to the house and this whole railway taking over this plot of land next to his house and then builds them this commissioning the staffed his, his cook and his butler and his his housekeeper and his his, his chauffeur to build a model railway and the school kids coming in and you know, dumping stuff and helping create lime you know, lime wood carved models of elephants mm-hmm. which we have costs of them still i mean it's just a, a remarkable story the, the world's oldest wood model village it, it taught me how railways work it taught mm-hmm. me about architecture like my father did um and i hope it inspires people too so if you go into the next slide see how that station then changed again there it is in the early years look i mean there's sort of you know bassett loke stock there from 1929 there's a voiding like if you know beckons cotton if you've been to beckons cotton you'll see that the signal box is now behind it we built a, rep- a replica of, of radstock which is at didcot now of course uh, behind the signal box with a leaf frame in it which now controls them um i learned how signaling works and so mm-hmm. in, in, in it's quite funny in secrets and underground uh, we get jarley talks about block signaling and actually chris talks about block, block signaling and, Honestly, I'm obviously I'm asking questions because I kind of know this stuff. I've been doing this age of eleven. You know, I, yeah. I do know how signalling works. It's, it's, it's nice to hear it from a different voice. Um, but there it is in the early years, and of course, it then gets rationalised. Next, next slide. What's the next slide on this one? What have I shown? Uh, look, the station evolves over many, many years, and then there's a hut behind it. And look, you look there. There's a model of of a sort of model of the HST. Yeah. Um, you know, Beckenscott yeah. changed over the years. And just to point out that Beckenscott has changed. Um, people think the Beckenscott now as being a, a model village that has always been 1930s. It's not. It changed size. When I was a kid, there was a high-speed train. We had we had we had Deltics. We had 47s. I, I, I've, I've got some of those models back at home in Buckinghamshire <laughs> uh, to be restored one day. Um, one day, and we will have them out on the circuit again. There's a class 25 I can see there. There's yeah. a class. 31-ish. But again, Beckenscott designed its own tin plate stock. In the years after the Second World War, it built stuff out of rubbish and relics and things. And, and, and so they hammered stuff. And those engines, those things you saw there, covered 6,000 miles, real miles every year. And they still run today, some of those things that you still see today. Yeah. So Beckenscott changed and evolved over time. And what's the next slide? I can't remember. Is, is, is oh, all... that's, that's, in fact, that's, oh, that's, that's the last well, one. Let's yeah, just yeah. show that Beckenscott's changed. And I, I, I hope everyone watches the Beckenscott episode. Uh, and and visits Beckenscott because genuinely 15 million people, 15 million people have been there to look at that place over the years. And it has inspired many architects and railway lovers. In fact, there are a number of individuals at Network Rail and elsewhere who work on the big railway. And lots of us have gone on. Beckenscott, we learned our trade. It's almost like we learn how to do stuff at Beckenscott on this test bed of a, a miniature network we learn how to do this stuff. And yeah. then we go, we go is, and take it out. It's real. gorgeous. Beckenscott is gorgeous. I went, I, I did a little scouting trip. I didn't do any social media stuff. I kind of went in, ran around and ran out again, just to kind of get an idea of if, of, of. but one of my favorite things you've ever done, Tim, and you know how much I, I hold in high regard, all of you, the things you do, but one of the favorite, one of my favorite things you've ever done was go there when it was evening time and the, and it was getting dark and, and they had all the lights in the houses and all the illuminations. And then, and then you ran a train, you ran a, you put your phone and ran a train run with your phone on the front. It was just that. Honestly, it was just the most relaxing, pleasant, and beautiful little vista, creative little vista. It was marvelous. Uh, we should do I'm that actually, again. <laughs> if if people want me to do it, I, I think I'd do this. I might actually, I, if I have time. I'm taking Monday afternoon off. I'm going to go to Beckenscott. 
and I might do it again. If I get if I get if you get it working again and I'm ready for the show, I might do it on Monday afternoon. I don't know yet. And if you see it, can you retweet it, everyone? Because I'd like people to know about it. It's on the program, so it's to the railway. Um, it's Monday afternoon. I'm thinking of doing it. Who knows? Let's see how I get to. Um, people are mentioning uh, in Miniland, uh, Mortal Villages. Now, just you know, it's, it's quite funny. I often I often get people saying to me, I get emails and like or, or, or tweets saying, "Hi Tim." Um, it's not a tweet about Beck and Scott. Like, you should go to X because, mm. and I'm like, I mean, I have written the book on model. I literally, you have literally written, written the book on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I do know model. I mean, the, the cupboards behind you are basically full of archive. And my, as my historian, as a hat, came out because I started with model villages and researching villages, and, and I spent nine years of my life researching the model villages, and I have, I have, I have, yeah, I've been to them all. Yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, the, the, I met the, the, the people who built them. I've got like my parents, for example, have got my, the spoils of my trips. My parents, as you know, this you didn't get to mention the program. My parents have got in the back garden the bits of the top two thirds of Thorpe Park's Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah. And the reason they got that <laughs> is because I, I, I Thorpe Park said they oh, heard you, you, you collect model bids or your historical model. This is years ago. This is what, 15 years ago? 2003. Let this happen. So it's called yes, fifteen. Fifteen years. Um, do you want? Do you want uh, some models? How big are they? And they said, "Oh, yeah." She said, "Oh, because because Nelson's column." She said, oh, it's about four foot." Like, great, cool, yeah. And then she, she, she rattles. Them. She goes, "Oh, and the Eiffel Tower as well." Because oh, and that, that's um, that's like nine foot tall. I was like, cool, yeah, cool, fine. So we go out to Mod- Beck- we go to Thorpe Park and rock up at Thorpe Park. Uh, to go pick up these things and rock along. I've not seen any pictures of this stuff. I probably should have looked at that beforehand as some research. And um, walked into Thought Park and went, well, fucking fuck is that? It was, <laughs> and she goes, oh, I didn't mean... I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean nine foot. I meant nine metres. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So they got an angle grinder and a cherry picker and they cut it apart for me. So in my parents' back garden, we've got the top two thirds because the bottom, the bottom third is too big to cut up. But they did then find for me the blueprints from nineteen seventy. Show me the blueprints; they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got. Do you remember, I got drunk. We, we, you know, I got. Oh, it was post rail awards. Do you remember? Yes. And, and we're like half past three in the morning. I'm like, gin, and and we, I'm like, um, oh, great. You gave me gin, and we rolled out blueprints and looked at these blueprints. It was that was quite good actually. I enjoyed that. It was lots of fun. So yeah, and, and so I've got there's been up on our wall up in the city room. Um, but yeah, so again, um, I have got the spoils of many miniature parks and things. I've got the archives, a lot of them, that, uh, and it, it's on me to, to get those restored actually over the years. So um, I have miniature architecture at home. Um, what is it? The model of village hot fuzz, brilliant. It's perfect. Uh, so, uh, so yes, uh, also, it's a miniature wonderland. So, so a couple of things here. One, uh, Miniland. Um, the man behind it is an old friend of mine. He was the um, <laughs> Guy Bagley uh, is the chief, or was the chief metal maker at, at Legoland for a while. So he was a good friend of mine. Lived in the village I grew up in, and Guy and his team came to Beck and Scott. We took them around, and they kind of learned a lot about uh, designing in, in, in the theatre of, of model making and railways and construction from Beck and Scott. So yes, uh, it, so Miniland Windsor has its roots, obviously Miniland uh, Billund. Uh, in Denmark, but also has a lot of its uh, scope from Beck and Scott itself. Um, Miniature Wonderland, yeah, obviously, yeah, I've been there. I, I went a stag do. 
That was a great, not my stag do. It, was, no, no, it, was, it wasn't a stag do. It was the stag anniversary. My friend George, uh-huh. and George occasionally like, watches this as well. Uh, <clears throat> George, uh, who yeah, who's got, who has a family that are very well rail connected over the years, uh, you know, um, and and so George for his stag anniversary he goes somewhere every year. He has a pass, takes some friends every year. Um, I can't go this year, but uh, the year before last we went off to to Hamburg, hmm. and uh, I think we did uh, what five and a half hours went to Hamburg. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's to be fair that's quite a Five reasonably short hours. Yeah, yeah i mean personal best um pretty good uh had good fun uh yeah i do yes Midland, yes um Midland is very nerdy uh because like beck and scott they care and there's staff mm. there that gone what would that train be they ask the right question they go let's build that one and, and it's like I like that. I mean, the stuff I've seen at Minuland, the secret is Minuland. There are secret Minuland. There's lots of things there you can't see as the public. There are hidden scenes that only the staff know. So a lot of the buildings, like Pendant, for example, Pendant Miniature Village, which is the, oh, it's kind of the, the 170 oh, scale, is that kind of, it is the scale landscape of the Vale of White Horse of a summer in 1935, or J- July summer day, or June summer day, or Sunday afternoon, when they do the right timetable for it. Amazing. All the buildings at Pendon have got interiors. No one's ever going to see them. They've got interiors. So some of the staff at Legoland have built interiors some of their buildings, or certain rooms, and there are certain very naughty things. <laughs> uh, for example, and if it's still there, the old cluster that used to be, the cl- they call the clusters, the old London cluster, uh, there's a Soho, it's like, it's like naughty things. That is, that is, that is very funny because the staff put it in because no one can see it. It's like, it's um, <clears throat> so oh, there we go. Um, everyone, sending, everyone will come send your questions now that you haven't answered, and we'll pick up a few at the end. But we will do the outro before we before that to give Tim a chance to catch his breath. It's been one for cool. Tim. Thank you so much. We will flip back. We'll, we'll be back to Tim momentarily in just five seconds. But what we'll do is say I will say um, thanks to all those listening in audio only form. Uh, work is still getting in the way of me catching up with the podcasts, but um, hopefully next week I'll have time to actually upload all the downloads we'll get there i've changed the system blah blah blah. don't worry about that uh next thing uh the the standard plugs except there's a new tile so patreon patreon.com slash gareth dennis to support these and make them happen and then as summer arrives um and spring arrives we might do more on location rail matters which would be fun you do a rail matter of of me and tim in the pub talking about uh, just an hour of us in the york tap um paypal.me slash It'll be fun, right? Uh, Hashtag content. Uh, PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis for loose change and nice comments. Uh, the Discord server, garethdennis.co.uk slash Discord. Um, the chat happens, but it, but 24-7, it's relentless. The new thing um, is that there is merchandise, which is bonkers. You can get... What? Yes, I know. Look at this. Look at this. Well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go large. my large face. Look at this, Tim. It is a rail natter mask. Look at this. It's a rail natter mask crazy right um and there's a mug there there's a mug which says is this mug a gadget ban um people have already been making new requests for merch so uh if you want the merch particularly if you're a patron person you get a discount masket.co.uk slash collection slash rail natter you can find it on the masket website how silly is that tim there's merchandise for rail natter utterly bizarre i mean who would make their own uh Sort of merchandise and make their own mask because that'd be weird, wouldn't it? It would be I weird, mean, but thankfully, maskettes are fans of the show and they said, Oh, do you want some merchandise? We quite like the oh, show, we nice. like to do that. And they reached out and they said, We love the show, we thanks for plugging our masks that we do because I've got my British Railways regional railways one that I wear. Uh, and they said, We'll do you some merchandise, which is absolutely lovely of them. So, uh, yes, um, I've got a little video treat for everyone to watch. 
Let's rediscover the railway. This is nice, Tim. Rediscover like the magic of the open air. Breathtaking peaks and outstanding natural beauty. Iconic history and world famous sights. Sea breezes and sunny skies. Country life, late nights, and city culture. Come with us on your railway. It's great to have you back. It's such a nice little video. I uh, I I, um, I emailed Jen. Hi Jen, and uh, and asked for the Hi, HD Jen. version uh, so that I could put it into Real Natter uh, because it's so lovely. Uh, so I thought I'd put that in because it's quite nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so there you go. It's Britain's Railways. It's Network Rail saying, look, come back, everyone. Come back and remember why the railways are brilliant and all the places you can go. It's very nice. I like it. And uh, and it features you, of course. It, it does. And it features me because cause Jen, since uh, I've got another content team over a little while, um, and they're, they're so lovely. Oh, look at that. I'm going, oh, yeah. Actually, look, who's, what's this? Look, what's this on your face? It looks like it's an underground mask. I mean... <laughs> Is yours, your, yours is a masket one. Is it a masket one as well? No, no. I, I use another. <clears throat> what are they called? Contrado. I can't remember. They're called uh, bags of love or something. It sounds. A bit, a bit oh yeah, you sent um, me the link to it. That's right. I remember I asked you ages ago about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, the, but uh, because I took photographs of all the maquette, I, like, I just print them out. And honestly, the looks you get if you wear that on the tube, the tourists think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, so, so anyway, um, sorry, yeah, I got distracted. So, 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 so gone. The reason I did that video in voiceover is because I, I I got to meet the content team over the past year or so, and they've been very supportive of, of uh, the artist program. And and the reason I so much work with them is because I discovered very quickly that the content team um, is is genuinely thoughtful and they love our railway. Um, at its heart, there are some railway enthusiasts who. Um, for them, work, they come to NetRail because they love the railway. Mm. And so when you see tweets or you see Facebook messages from any of that team or videos, it comes from the heart. It genuinely does. These people love it. So, I, I, you know, I, I get so angry when I see people just niggling away at the tweet. And I'm like, these people are doing the very best they can. And it angers me when I, I see the, the, some of the, the, the stuff that's brilliant. Because... They they care so very much, and so I said I'll do that because I sent that video with Jen as a voiceover. She goes, I said oh, I love this is so beautiful. She said, do you want to do it? I'm like, oh, of course I will. I'm going to build some keens and uh, voice it over, uh, just because I thought I'd go and do it. And um, a privilege to do it. Um, and I hope. And so I think someone asked a little bit further up. Uh, someone said, oh, someone said, I'm the question. Hang on a second. Uh, I never real. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's nice stuff with NetRail because, and the, the stuff we do is value added content is is genuinely lovely because here's a chance to just talk about something with a heritage aspect. We go, that's the past, but what's now? What's the future? What's the context? And that's exciting it uh, is. because I sitting as a historian hat on versus my world of future rail travel. Like as travellers, bridging that gap is fascinating and wonderful, and to find people that love it and do it is a privilege. 
So, um, so uh, right, before we oh, go on, much. no, I can't do that. But oh, it's Beck and Scott again. It's Beck and Scott. Well, it's because I'm giving the, the plug for the the last in this uh, in this series, the last the last episode of series three, the thirtieth episode of, of uh, the architecture the railways built. I found a nice high resolution picture of Beck and Scott looking in all its glory with some very happy people here in the railway, looking marvelous, and it just looks spiffing. So uh, that that shall feature amongst other things, Curzon Street as well, um, um, it, on Monday night at eight pm on Yesterday t- TV. It is. It is. It'll come about on Monday afternoon. It's a, a question's been asked. Favorite railway clock anywhere? Um, 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 are the NSE ones at, at Charing Cross because they're just fabulous. They oh, fabulous. so the narrow rail threads to explain delays, Richard. Yeah, that's Chris. A lot of those are from Chris Denham, mm. a friend of ours, uh, who let me into London Bridge signal box, which is just up the road, just up there, um, and he let me. Um, he let me go into it uh, late at night, and we, we launched series three from the inside of the signal box i mean yeah. like I'm the, yeah, it was good i enjoyed it i'm, I'm very i'm a very lucky man and I, I i i always say that um i i i yeah i i don't take this stuff lightly it's a responsibility i'm very lucky it isn't about me um the television company likes it because it's about tim being this, this my journey but it, it in my head it's taking you lot with me so i'm always got everybody behind me and going we want you to live this thing so I, it, it's 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 quite it's a hard work but it is i don't i do it because it's fun it, uh, you know it doesn't pay big bucks and people think the time it, does. it, it doesn't it really doesn't what pays the big bucks are things like going doing big afternoon talks yeah i was gonna say that's the money isn't it yeah, yeah. That hasn't happened the stuff that you don't have time to do because um, you have a day job <laughs> yeah um, I, 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 I just think you need to, oh, Chris Denham is, is Kentish Hack on Twitter if you want to follow him Again, a very honest man a man who loves the railway mm. one, one of Network Rail's great advocates great champions um, and please you know, if you, just do retweet Network Rail stuff you know, because they, they, they are just brilliant yeah the um, team are great oh go on I expect some more good stuff from them over a little while I hope to get to work with them again um, oh people ask me look at the masks you can't I'm afraid because I can't be available because these are my pictures that I do but it's, it's kind of you know, I'd rather you support go, go and buy LT Museum masks rather than mine go and buy their version rather than mine because it, it generates money for their museum it definitely needs some money and um, this is a joke please go and buy the LT Museum yeah I was going to say the LT stuff. have all the different the money. yeah They've got them all there, right? So last, yeah, that's licensed stuff. So go and buy it from there. Yeah, exactly. so that, that's it, really. Um, yeah. Um, the very last thing for me is two plugs. Oh, go on. I, so I don't know, Tim. We'll come back to you momentarily. I'm just going to do my last two plugs to say what's happening next week. Um, actually, before I do that, tomorrow night I'm in London. Uh, because I'm at, I'm talking, I'm giving, a t- I'm delivering a talk at the Model Railway Club. Um, in London, which is very a, a, a bit of a privilege, so very exciting. So I'm delivering a talk. Uh, I'm delivering a talk called "The Do's, Don'ts, Disasters, and Delights of Permanent Way Design." Uh, I'm going to te- basically it's an excuse. I'm shoehorning in a two-hour lecture on um, track design. Uh, none of them know that yet, but uh, yeah. So if you want to come along, uh, you can come along. I think there are limited tickets available, uh, but you can also watch it on Zoom. But if you watch it on Zoom, you don't get the beer that is at the uh, the actual venue. So. Uh, Come along and watch if you like. Meet me and say hi in London. Uh, and then next week, next week's uh, Rail Natter is the two-episode delayed Good and Bad Ways to Stop Errant Trains episode where we're going to talk about buffer stops. Uh, so that should be interesting. There we are. 
Uh, do you recognise that train, Tim? It's there's something gone wrong with it. It's uh, it's decided to not. It, it, it's it's got a bit. It doesn't very well. No, no, it doesn't. Um, really I'm, well. You'll notice I don't actually ever comment on rail disasters or rail accidents for, for, for various uh, personal reasons, um, and so but I, I, I generally stay out of them. But that one is an interesting one that happened recently. But I, 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 I don't. I don't. Well, this one. The reason. So this was originally going to be done two weeks ago, but for obvious Salisbury reasons, it didn't feel right to kind of dwell on a rail incident like this. So I've pushed it back by two weeks. Oh yeah. And the good thing about this is that no one was hurt. And we can therefore, you know, it can be a bit of a light-hearted discussion about what, some of the important things that make railways work and make everyone, you know, make them the most safe way to travel on land. Um, and my God, I've, I've, I've created enough crashes at Beckenscott to, uh, to, <laughs> yes. to, to learn me. I was going to say, you understand in, in, in incredible detail all of the ways in which you can derail a gauge one train. <laughs> Including massive feet, turns out. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Yes, yeah, so, uh, um, I, I can't join tomorrow night because I, I'm actually writing a script tomorrow night for a thing I'm filming on Friday, bizarrely. Something else is going to happen the following week that I can't talk about yet. Ooh. That'll be out and about if I make but, uh, quite good, good fun stuff that'll be out on the internet. Um, so I can't join you, I'm afraid. But also, the Modern Railway Club, the MRC, like a keen house, just lovely. You can have a lovely. You, you have, I, I've done two talks there. Um, a lovely, lovely bunch of people. Mm. Lovely bunch of people. Tim, thank you so much. We've we've got lots of people being very happy. Lots of people have loved that episode. Um, everyone is being very pleased. Um, uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining. You're, I know you're, it, we've both had a really very busy day, um, and you have an unbelievably busy schedule. Nine to like not nine to five, like seven till ten. Um, but thank you so much for making the time to join us. You know, we always love having a chat, and I, I uh, it's always nice to have an evening with you. So um, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for spending the night with me, all of you. I've, I've <laughs> I enjoyed that immensely. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, and we do all this stuff because it's a privilege. And uh, so we don't hold it lightly. Indeed not. Tim, uh, everyone, thanks for watching. Tim, thank you so much for your time. And we shall bid you all a good night and a farewell. Uh, cheerio, everyone. Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio.